Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Rome, and this is episode 17. So in this episode, I got to interview my friend Anne Kamink, who is an incredible environmental toxins expert. She's been teaching people on this subject for almost five years. She spent over a decade teaching elementary school and middle school, and then she's now enjoys teaching all ages about the very important yet often ignored topic of environmental health. Anne's passion for exposing toxic truths began when she and her husband were dealing with fertility issues. Since then, Anne has been diving really deep into the world of hidden toxins, and she now coaches individuals and families on creating a toxin-free home. She's also part of Pure Haven, which is a company that offers pure, safe, alternative personal care choices to really empower people to live their healthiest lives possible. So this is a great conversation with Anne, all about non-toxic living, simple hacks that you can do and things to watch out for. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Anne, how's it going? Hi, Ellie. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited to have you on here because you are a vast of knowledge when it comes to non-toxic living and I'm so excited to learn from you. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I feel so honored that I'm one of the first guests on the Mindful Belly. (laughs) Super pumped to be on a brand new podcast. Yes, thank you. And just to get started, I guess, for your sharing your personal journey on how you got into toxin-free living and like what made you even part of Pure Haven. Yeah. So, um, it's funny how, like I had, um, somebody in my life once say that we're constantly reweaving the fabric of our lives. And I kind of like to think of our, you know, like your life is a tapestry, right? And there are different threads and sometimes there are threads that are kind of woven throughout. And there seems to be this one of, and maybe everybody has it, but a little bit about like, injustice and how that's not fair. And that started for me with animal cruelty when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade. Um, So my good friend, Julie, who lived on like a hobby farm, she had an older sister. And um, so this is like the (laughs) eighties. So her older sister was like really cool and listened to cool music, like the Smiths. And um, that's when Morrissey came out with Nita's Murder, this album, where we, like, learned more about animal cruelty. And I was donating to WWF, which is World Wildlife Foundation. And we were learning about PETA. And um, our Saturday mornings, I would spend the night at Julie's house. And after we'd wake up on Saturday and, like, feed the chickens and the goats and whatever, we would go through her mom's cupboards and take out all the cleaning supplies and call the 1-800 numbers and ask them about their animal testing protocols. Oh my gosh, I love this. I love this so much. So then they would mail us these huge manila envelopes. My parents, I remember my parents being like, what did you get from Procter & Gamble? (laughs) Um, because this, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing, but we were really passionate about, um, the rights of animals. So that's kind of like, 
that kind of started my little being aware, I guess. Um, and then in, I kind of dabbled in being a vegetarian. It, it was hard because my parents weren't really on board. Um, uh, but then when I was in college, I read a book. Um, I wonder if I can remember the name. Uh, I can see the cover up, Fit for Life. And um, it was essentially a meatless, dairyless diet, plant-based essentially. Um, and I s decided to start eating that way. Um, and I noticed huge benefits immediately. Like I got rid of dairy, um, cut out meat mainly, and um, my skin cleared up, my allergies went away. <laughs> magical. Yeah. Um, so I had been, been a vegan and as you maybe could guess from my story about going down the rabbit hole with agility and field trial, like with the dog. Um, so I became a vegan and I realized I didn't know very much about that world and it really is a whole like world. So I. The vegan world or like the hunting world? The world. Okay. Yeah. So I bought books. Um, I bought the vegan handbook. I bought some cookbooks. And quite a few of the cookbooks that I purchased also had a lot of um, kind of like rationale, like reasons why you would want to be vegan and kind of about the vegan lifestyle. Um, so it became very clear at the beginning that I was just a food vegan <laughs> because I didn't. I still wore silk and wool and I didn't think about may I again I knew about the animal testing issue but it kind of slipped away because it got difficult to research a lot of things and for convenience sake honestly it wasn't necessarily easy to always be thinking like was this tested on animals were the ingredients at some point tested in animals how do I like research that um so I'm in West Michigan, which is pretty conservative, in the early, like 2000, 2001, and I'm a vegan. This is, people would say, oh, you're a vegan, or they would say, what do you eat? <laughs> so it was kind of unknown at that point. Um, but then in 2002, I moved to Santa Monica, California. And I was so pumped because I was like, I'm moving to like the Mecca of healthy eating and everybody will know what a vegan is. And um, sure enough, I moved really close to a Whole Foods and a Trader Joe's. And I was like, you know, I've got all these resources now close. I'm going to take it one step further. And it, instead of just being a food vegan, I'm also going to dive into products, personal care, cleaning. Um, so I started buying the stuff at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and um, you know with the vegan symbol or like reading the label and I didn't really know what I was looking for but I just knew I was buying it at those stores so it must be more aligned with what I was looking for and um, I think within six months I decided that I was gonna go back to just being a food vegan <laughs> because my hair felt like hey I didn't like all of our 
dishes were like kind of covered with a film. Like I wasn't, I wasn't super excited about the products I was using. Not that I was like a product person, but I, I wanted them to work and I wasn't feeling like I was getting, you know, I was used to Crest toothpaste and I was used to Pert Plush shampoo <laughs> and Dial soap and Arab dish or uh, laundry detergent and Joy dishwashing soap. So I just went back to what I knew um, because I didn't like, I didn't like what I was using and I guess I still didn't really know. I, I was coming at it again from avoiding products that were, you, that were somehow had inflicted harm on animals. Um, so, you know, I thought I knew what I, I thought I knew a lot, <laughs> which maybe it happens to people in their 20s. <laughs> I thought I knew everything because I was a vegan. Um, oh no, now that your sound is gone. That's that. There we go. Is it back? Yes. I don't know why it keeps doing that. I'll just crop that part out. That's or just little. <laughs> Wait, what were you saying? Um, what were you saying about the, um, you said in your 20s, oh, like, do you think you were you knowing a lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I was a 20-something vegan, so I felt like I knew so much, right? I was so aware, <laughs> but I wasn't really. Um, anyway, uh, so then I you know, and I ran marathons. I was really into just being healthy. And when it um, came to the time in my life where I thought it was time to have children, um, we quickly realized that there was something wrong and um, we didn't know what it was. So when you're a little bit older, doctors, put you in categories and then you get on these like protocols. So, um, I think we had tried for six months to get pregnant and, um, they, then they put you on this pill, which is supposed to like help or something. Um, and then you get like tests done and well, we ended up being diagnosed with unexplained infertility and going down this other rabbit hole of what do you do um, when you believe like this is this is what you're supposed to do um, and you're willing to throw all these resources at it. So I was doing lots of the things. I This is now pretty far down the path. We were doing um, in vitro fertilization. I was going to an acupuncturist. I was getting my abdominal massage work done. I was getting cranial sacral work. I was working with an Ayurvedic um, person. I was going to a regular therapist. <laughs> um, so I was trying to do all the things. And, you know, at, at that point, had you told me, cut off your left arm and stand on your head for 24 hours, I would have done it. Um, so when I had a friend who posted, um, a link to an article by the World Health Organization that 
um, the ingredients in personal care products and household cleaning products were linked with unexplained infertility. I was like, what? Wait a second. And that I, really gave me hope because I was like, one more thing I can control. Um, and it was really funny how, like, I, I was like, okay, well, I'll go start looking for cleaner products. And I kind of had a list. I didn't kind of have a list. I had a list of <laughs> ingredients that I was like, I'm not going to use any of those ingredients. And kind of like celiac, right? Like, so there are people who have celiac disease. It's severe. They can't have just a little. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I have a list of non-negotiables and, um, how'd you find that list of non-negotiables? Digging a little bit further into the World Health Organization, um, article okay. and some of the research that they had been doing. And then, you know, it was still pretty limited. This was six years ago, almost, um, but I had some like big ones that I knew I didn't want to use. Like anything that ended in dash E-T-H. So anything that ended in F, I didn't want to use. Um, anything that had the word fragrance, I knew I didn't want to use. Parabens. Um, and I wanted to stay away from things like talc and anything that was propylene glycol or PEGs. So there were a bunch of things that were linked with um, disrupting the endocrine system. And you know, when you're trying to get pregnant, you're giving yourself injections and taking pills to really manage your hormones. And I was like, well, if something else is gonna like mess with that, I, don't, I won't put that on my skin or I won't have come into contact with that. Um, and I quickly realized even you know, going to store to store and going to the health food store, um, there wasn't a lot out there. So then I went down the rabbit hole of, well, I'll make my own stuff because I'm not really like a product girl. I don't wear makeup. This won't be that hard. Well, I now know that a lot of those do-it-yourself were really just cheap. <laughs> um, so I remember I made my own laundry detergent and it had borax and Bell's naphtha and I don't, a couple other things in it. And um, if now, then I started learning more about reading labels and I, I don't remember, I was I don't know, one night researching something online and I was like, oh my God, I need to go read that Bell's naphtha ingredient list because I never looked at it. I just trusted because it's old school. Yeah. And the packaging, like super plain, like I just assumed. And sure enough, you don't want to use it. Like it still had ingredients that I wanted to avoid in it. Oh. <laughs> so it was just cheaper, not necessarily clean. Um, so my personality is very like, I'm in all the way, right? Not just like kind of in the middle. Um, and when I found Pure Haven, their company ethos is unlike any other. And it really matches my personality of I'm all in. Absolutely zero compromises when it comes to how the products are made. Um, and then the super bonus was that they actually worked and I really liked them. <laughs> uh, so that's the really long story. 
No, this is perfect. So when you, so you started doing the DIY stuff and then how did that, how did you like, how did you find Pure Haven after that? Or did you like how? So I had actually heard about it for a few months, maybe like four or five months. Um, the first time I heard of it, it was, uh, my friend was posting that she was thinking of joining this company. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's so smart and she's going to join a pyramid scheme. So I was totally judging her. <laughs> um, and then I think it was like two weeks after that, she posted, my upline is going to go on this free trip to Punta Cana. And it's just, you know, it's funny how the universe works. I'd never heard of Punta Cana in my life. And that was the second time I'd heard of it in a week. And so I just clicked on like, well, let me see these pictures because I had a student who was going to be going there for the Christmas holiday. Um, so I, that's how I kind of knew about it. And then she was the one that posted the link to the World Health Organization article. Um, she'd also been posting other links to other scientific studies. And um, so after I had done the DIY and I was realizing like, okay, she's talking about something that's really important. I'm not finding anything to like match what I need. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I reached out to her and I was like, okay, tell me a little bit about this. So this is my friend who's also super low maintenance, zero deo or deodorant. We definitely were <laughs> zero um, makeup. We ran marathons together in LA and it was funny because she kept talking about like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to take a shower. And I love this. And I love this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care. Like, I mean, I have a level of caring because I experienced that in LA, right? Like I didn't want my products to not work and yeah. I wanted to have an experience with them. But at the same time, it wasn't like I was looking for the, I don't know, $500 face mask or whatever. Um, so I took a leap and I was like, okay, it was $99 to like get some products and join. There was no one in Michigan at the selling it. So I didn't have access. I couldn't like just go to a party or borrow some products. Um, so it was really an inexpensive try. And I started using the products like bar soap, um, I, we we kind of have a match for everything that you would use in your home. And I the last two things that I wanted to switch over because I was terrified was my deodorant, even though I knew. I knew I needed to change my deodorant. I was using Donna Karen Cashmere Mist because when I taught middle school in LA, I'd get really nervous. Uh -huh. <laughs> super nervous sweats and I would ruin so many outfits um, until a friend said, oh my gosh, you have to try this great deodorant. And I knew it had all the bad stuff in it. But so I feel like when people are say they tell me all the time, oh, I'm the worst sweater. I'm like, girl, I know I was too. <laughs> um, I was terrified to switch that because I didn't want to ruin clothes and I was afraid to smell. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing I was 
really hesitant to switch was my shampoo and conditioner because um, I'm kind of a princess about my hair. I get, I still get my hair done. Probably now it's like a lot less, maybe three times a year. Um, and you know, I followed what my hairstylist told me because I didn't want to like, right. You pay a lot of money. You want your hair to look good. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want my hair to feel like, Hey, which I'd ha which I'd experienced before. Um, and once I made the switch, it was incredible. I remember the day, so it, it, I did have like a, a, cur a learning curve with the deodorant. It probably took about three weeks for my body to adjust. And I remember the day that I realized, oh my gosh, it totally works. I was wearing a like polyester blend, you know, not a super great breathable shirt um, to school. And I had an impromptu parent-teacher conference. Normally I would have like, I would have been sweating through my shirt. It was, hot, yeah. it was bright pink and I knew I was gonna like have these huge, oh, not a drop. <laughs> yes, oh. it works. <laughs> um, it was very exciting. Uh, and when I changed the shampoo, I think I, it took me probably like four washings to, to I don't wanna say adjust, but, I, I, I kept hearing people say, oh, natural shampoo doesn't lather. Well, it took about four or five washings to remove any of the buildup that was left from using my other alternative, you know, the commercial. Because those shampoos, even if they're sulfate-free, even if they're da-da-da-da, still leave a layer on every single hair. So then, the environmental dirt grime like gets stuck. So you're gonna get your natural oil from your head, but then you're all, and then you've got this stuff from your shampoo sticking on your hair and then the environmental toxins. So you're gonna have to wash your hair more frequently. Um, I can actually get away with like 40 days without washing my hair now. That's incredible. So people like, you mean like no poo? And I was like, well, I still use shampoo, but it's just spread out. Yeah. Mainly because I just don't have the buildup. And when you allow your body to like be in rest and digest, right? Like your body can come to homeostasis. And for me, I think that my scalp, my it, the pH is now correct. Um, I also use like a board's head, you know, a boar's bristle brush. Um, and that helps to like move any of the oils through the hair. Um, and it just has come to like a balance, which is really convenient. Yes. No, I'm excited because I, I've used, I currently use like, um, some of the ones that are like marketed as like healthier, but mm -hmm. a lot of them, I feel like they just like leave residue on my hair or feel weighted down or I just don't feel like it's just like cleansing my head <laughs> so yeah and then I feel like I'm washing my hair more because it's just like yeah because it gets weighed uh, down and it feels a little greasy and then ugh. and then you can feel like embarrassed and <laughs> yeah and I'm just like loaded up and like even after I wash my hair I'm like using dry shampoo I'm like this doesn't make sense 
Yeah, I know. You should. <laughs> you should be using dry shampoo when you want volume. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so from, so I guess with Pure Haven, if you can tell us more about what, what you liked about the company for itself or like the product. So this is funny. I'm glad you're asking because, um, so I've been with the company, it'll be, I guess, five. Um, and for a long time, I was super embarrassed to say what I did. Wait, so sorry, um, it cut out when you said how long you'd been with the company. How long? Did you oh, um, it's been about five and a half years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> um, and I'm really glad you're asking because I, I can feel, I felt in the past embarrassed because I guess I had a preconceived idea of what somebody in direct sales, um, what that meant, what that looked like, who that person was. And I didn't think that person would be me. Um, because I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like if I was a salesman for car insurance, I think I'd feel very differently about telling you what I do. Um, but maybe it's because I'm asking personally for a sale. I don't know, but I can tell you, I would never, I would never represent another company at this point. And the companies that I know of, there is not another company I would put my name to. Um, part of that is our commitment to making absolutely zero compromises. Um, and that starts with our ingredient sourcing. So, well, I guess it doesn't start there. It starts with our commitment to not use any binding agents, any fillers, any harsh preservatives. Um, we are committed to making the cleanest products um, that are effective. And then that from there, that starts with our product sourcing or ingredient sourcing. So we used to have this great product called deep conditioner. And if you go on our website, you'll notice that we don't have that anymore. And um, that is because one of the, so we require, we, Pure Haven, requires a legal affidavit signed by every ingredient supplier. Um, and it lays out that the ingredient is what they say it is, that it wasn't contaminated, it wasn't you know X, Y, Z. Because we're looking for organic products or ingredients, but at the same time, we know that sometimes we can find something that's even better than the certified organic ingredient. Um, so we're constantly doing research and that's time consuming. Um, anyway, so the legal affidavit is required for every shipment of ingredient raw materials that we're getting from every supplier. And in our deep conditioner, we went to repurchase a particular ingredient and they didn't feel comfortable signing the affidavit. And we have yet to find a comparable ingredient. So we just don't have it. Um, now, other companies would feel pressure from, you know, oh, we, oh, we've always had this. This is what we, they would put petroleum in it. Or they would find some other ingredient that maybe was compromised. And... 
Pure Haven is trying to lead the way and say, look, you can do things differently because when you demand X, Y, Z, you can find them. And if you can't, then you're really making a statement to the world of saying, hey, we can't find, like, who's going to provide this clean product? We, it, we need it. Um, so there's that piece of it. And then we have the formulators and chemists. Um, so it's been interesting to learn more about just even our skincare line. So as I mentioned, I don't wear makeup, which is probably good in some ways because like my skin breathes or whatever. Um, but I also didn't really know what in the world to do with skincare. I'm, I mentioned Pert Plus and Dial soaps. I literally went to college in 1995 with a bar of Dial soap and Pert Plus and Crest toothpaste. <laughs> so I washed my face with Dial soap if I washed my face. Um, and when I started selling the product, I was like, well, I should probably use the skincare. And it wasn't me that noticed the difference, it was my friends. So I started using the routine um, regularly and I had my friends would randomly say, your skin just looks so much more even than it used to, or you don't seem to have breakouts ever anymore. Um, and I felt like that was a really good testament to, you know, it wasn't me trying to be like, you guys look, look, it's better, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's fascinating because we've had, so we have formulators, we have chemists, and then we even have like, um, how do you say that? Uh, the Chinese TCM, traditional Chinese medicine um, doctors who will look at our ingredients and then give suggestions. So we're using interesting ingredients like bearberry extract. Does anybody, I mean, I don't know of a line of products. Sorry, and I can't hear you one sec. I don't know, the sound just cut out again after you said bearberry and extract, one sec. Dang it, let me see. Oh. Dang it, let me see. Okay. There we go, there we go. So you said um, y'all use like bear, berberry or yes, berberry extract. bearberry extract. Um, and that's a hypopigmenting component. Um, so people over time, it's, it's, it's lightening any like age dark spots that you have. My dad swears that the back of his hands, um, the like liver spots, age spots are yeah. diminished because he uses it twice a day. Um, and so this is a natural way to get some of those effects that people are looking for in those other products that I, I mean, I didn't know anything about. Um, but a lot of the ingredients are actually very, very nourishing and it's specially formulated for human skin. And, you know, if you go just to the store and you look at the oil of Olay line, there's like 50 different cleansers, right? And yeah. you're like, when do I choose? Part of that is to make the consumer feel empowered because they're like, oh, I'm getting one that's special for me. Um, but it's all marketing because if you actually looked at the backs of all of those products, they're literally the same. <laughs> yeah. Kind of crazy. So we've got, I, I feel like the company, A, zero compromises, 
B is really focused on what is nourishing for human skin. Um, and then C, it's really brought to light for me this consumerism that our culture is just obsessed with. Um, right? I, and it dawned on me a few years ago, we were, we'd moved here, so moving is stressful. Um, there were a lot of things going on. So I was on decision overload and I remember being at the store and I needed to get cat litter and I found the cat litter section and there were like 18 choices. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? Why? And it's, it's all marketing. It's all like, you need this one and then you need this one. And these special, I feel like I'm in a place where we're consciously trying to make a difference in you don't need 50 kinds of things for your skin. You need these things that nourish your skin. Um, and that's been really eye-opening. Just, you know, I go to Target. I don't spend $100 at Target anymore just walking around randomly because I'm not thinking like, oh, this, I'll try this lotion or, I don't know, that's kind of a long way to say like, and that's not something that they talk about. That's not something that is marketed that Pure Haven, you know, is maybe not even on their radar. But um, for me, I've, I've found, I've saved a lot of money over the years because I'm not looking all over the place for the next, oh, that's gonna like do this for me. Like those are all just kind of lies that we're told so we buy things. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So like straight, like this is, I guess the line of products is streamlined and it's um, as far as skincare, like I remember you mentioning to me, it doesn't matter if your skin's oily or dry, it's bringing it into balance versus trying to throw it one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. It's all about creating balance and getting the body into homostasis. So like for the deodorant, um, I, I'm not, oh, did it oh, work? No, I was going to say, what's in the deodorant? Oh, do you want me to get one and tell you? Yeah. Okay. I have it right here. Oh, gosh. Okay. Woo. I'm sliding on things. Okay. So this is... Our deodorant. Oh, it's backwards. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. No, I can read it. Oh, okay. Good. All right. So the ingredients, arrowroot powder, organic coconut oil, beeswax, um, baking soda, organic castor seed oil, organic peppermint oil, and organic tea tree oil. It looks like this. It's a little warm, so <laughs> getting a little cap off. There we go. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it smells kind of like a peppermint patty. <laughs> I remember smelling it. It smelled really good. So, you know, I traditional, conventional deodorant, antiperspirant, has aluminum. So that's clogging your pores so the sweat doesn't come out. 
which, okay, that kind of makes sense, right? Like plug it up, it won't come out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and now this is not a PhD person telling you how your armpits work. This is just me, but um, I, even when I was wearing Donna Karen cashmere, but a lot of, a lot. Sorry, cut out. So even when you were wearing Donna Karen cashmere mist, the deodorant, um, I would still like have like a ton of sweat once in a while. And my theory is that you can block your pores for only so long and that sweat has to go somewhere. Um, and your body wants to eliminate through your armpits. This is like this, right? This is an environment right here. Yeah. Um, and it's important to detox through there. So what has happened, I've noticed I don't sweat as much as I used to. I don't get as wet as I used to. Um, and I believe that's because now my body's had a chance to figure out like, oh, we only really need to like sweat this much because before I was like shut, like blocking it in. And then sometimes it would just need to come out. So I would sweat like a ton. Um, and now I'm at this like balance and I literally use one swipe of this. Like I remember Donna Karen, I would be like, <laughs> yeah. like one swipe, good to go. Um, so again, I'm using a lot less. <laughs> There's not as much, it's, it's been really an interesting journey um, and very eye-opening to see like, wow, I was just consuming, 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 consuming. Um, and I don't, I don't need to. Yeah. And can you speak on like, even for, I guess, starting to dive in, like with the deodorant, like with the aluminum, like why, why should people switch from aluminum-based deodorants? So aluminum, we know builds up in, um, it bioaccumulates. So it builds up in our fat cells and it doesn't go away. Um, we know that um, heavy metals can cross the um, blood-brain barrier. So it can be, it, they can drive into the brain. Um, there is evidence that aluminum exposure is linked with Alzheimer's. Um, and we, there are numerous illnesses that are linked with heavy metal, um, you know, heavy metal build up. And we, we know also that they pulverize the metal um, to the point where it can like actually cross the cellular barrier. So it can drive into cells. Um, and it's very difficult to get rid of the heavy metals once they're in your body. Um, so just a good idea to not put them in there. Because yeah. we're going to be exposed to them anyway, right? Like, I have a good friend who uh, lived in Los Angeles for a while, and she had gotten tests done. She's been very, she's a functional nutritionist. She's been very aware of her health. And she had blood work done, and all of a sudden, she had these crazy elevated levels of, like, cadmium and, um, or I'm not saying that correctly, but a bunch of different things that she's like, where the heck was I getting this? Well the only answer was in her apartment, they had like subterranean parking. So cars were driving down this like alley and going under the building 
and she must have been exposed to the exhaust. So we are going to be exposed to toxins. Like that's just the world we live in. I always want to advocate that we'll then control what you can control. I can control the deodorant I'm purchasing and what I'm putting on my armpit. I can't necessarily control the pollution <laughs> that I'm exposed yeah. to. Um, so I, I do sometimes work with people that are like freaking out because they, and I've been there too. I've been like, everything's killing me. I'm going to stay in my bed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's empowering when you know, okay, I, I can control this amount. And so that's what I'm, I'm going to make those choices as best I can. Absolutely. And what, like, and the fact that you are, like, even though it's a small amount of aluminum, like every single day, something like a daily product, like, like, the, yeah, right? right. We don't like even every- like conceptualize how much just every day we're using again and again and again, like people wash their hands over and over and over. So my like signature talk is the first five things that you can do to start avoiding toxins. Um, Cause that's one thing I also want to talk to people about is listen, there's a lot you can do to start avoiding things. It's not like you have to go out and change absolutely everything. Cause that's not really feasible. I mean, for me, that's what I did. That's partly my personality and I was on a mission to get pregnant. <laughs> so yeah. I just cleared everything out off the t- off the countertop and put new in. Um, but I know that's not it's not feasible for everybody. And it's it's just being aware of small things you can do over time. So my my fifth thing in the first five things um, is say nope to soap. Um, so when you're out and about, let's say you're at the mall for some example, you're at the mall and you go to the bathroom and now you're going to wash your hands and you feel pressured to wash your hands because everybody else is and they're giving you the hairy eyeball if you don't. (laughs) Well, you're going to go up to that thing and it's like hot pink or like electric blue soap and it smells like smelly. Well, we don't know what is in that soap. Most likely there's going to be a bunch of dyes in there, which is not good for the environment. There's probably fragrance, which is an endocrine disruptor. Like it's just better, honestly, to like rub your hands under the water for the happy birthday song and then dry them. Like we're, we're so paranoid about the wrong thing. (laughs) Um, And so it's funny, the first time I gave this talk, I found out before, like right before I started that there was an MD in the audience. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm going to get ripped to shreds. So when I said the fifth thing, she was like, yeah, you guys worry about the wrong germs. Like the germs at the mall are not going to kill you. The germs at the hospital, different story. Yeah. Okay. Um, So she was 100% on board because not only with that hand soap, are we personally exposing ourselves to unknown? We're also putting it in our water. And interesting little thing about that, um, the wastewater treatment plant treats bacteria. So all of our water goes to the wastewater treatment plant and it's cleaned. And then whatever sinks to the bottom um, gets sold to local farmers as fertilizer. Well, what is sinking to the bottom? 
all of the nasty chemicals and ingredients from our personal care products, our lotions, our so whatever's going down the drain. Uh, if it's not bacteria, it's like sinking and then we sell it. <laughs> so um, now that's being reintroduced to the whole cycle of life. Um, it's kind of gross. Yeah. And when, actually, when I started with Pure Haven, um, that was the summer. So I was back in Michigan. That was the, the summer that they started finding um, those microbeads in the fish in Lake Michigan. So if you got like a an exfoliator, they had like microbeads, they were plastic. They assumed that they were gonna like biodegrade, but they ended up in fish. Oh my gosh. So we just, you know, okay, let's not use those anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And what would you say, like, so for someone listening, like, why should they, like, you mentioned the endocrine disruptors and stuff. Can you explain more of why people should care about not using toxic products? Yeah. Can I go, let me get a prop. Hold on. Okay. Here is the fifth grade teacher in me. Yay. So our endocrine system is regulating our entire body, right? We've got all those different, like our sex organ, or the thyroid, the pituitary, all of the glands that are regulating what's going on. Every cell in our body has receptors. So this is a cell and a receptor is a specific keyhole. That is a word, I'm not sure. Um, so it has a certain pattern that matches a specific hormone. So for instance, this little cell is for estrogen. So here is the estrogen hormone. Oh look, it fits perfectly in this cell. So it fits in and then it turns the cell on. It tells the cell what to do. Maybe the cell needs to make more estrogen. Maybe it needs to make less. Maybe it needs, who knows, but it's telling the cell what to do and it's integral to have this fit inside here and turn it on. What's happening with endocrine disruptors is there are synthetic ingredients that we're putting on our skin that mimic, like mimic hormones that we have that we make naturally. So our estrogen key Phthalates actually mimic estrogen. So they look exactly the same. They have the same like teeth cut out, if you will. And so, phthalates you'll find in most in, in the word fragrance. Oh, in the word fragrance. Okay. Yeah, you most likely won't see phthalate on the back of a, a ingredient list. It's gonna say the word fragrance or perfume or perfume. Um, it's known as a trade secret in the industry. Because a long time ago, in the 20s, Joe down the road didn't want Jim to steal his recipe. So they started just calling it fragrance. And it's, it's a loophole and it's ridiculous. It's a way for com companies to what they're doing. Can you wait, and, sorry, you cut out, it's a way for companies to what? To hide what they're doing and what they're using. Um, so 
you know, I used to think, oh, fragrance, like a lilac field in the yeah. whatever, but it's literally smokestacks in New Jersey. Like these are just barrels of ingredients that they're using to manipulate scent. Um, so what happens when you have these synthetic um, hormone mimickers, now this is gonna get in the cell, but it's not gonna be able to turn the cell on, tell the cell what to do. It's just gonna be stuck in there, which means, I need to get like a little felt board or something, <laughs> which means now all your estrogen keys, and I have a bunch of them here, are gonna be building up around the cell. So oftentimes people will talk about the dose makes the poison, but when it comes to things like estrogen um, disrupt or like a mimicker or an endocrine disruptor like this, it isn't the dose. It's just the poison makes the poison because it's blocking our body's natural function to do what it needs to do. Now, of course, a little exposure and you got one of these, it's not going to be as bad. But if you think about people who, maybe these are people that are watching or listening, people who took a shower and they take a shower every day and they use shampoo, then they use conditioner, then they use something else on their hair, then they have a skincare routine, then they wash their body, then they get out of the shower, then they moisturize, then they put deodorant on, now they're brushing their teeth, now they're like, these like things- Like pretty much all of those have fragrance, yeah. Yeah, and they just add up because we're using them all the time. So no, one-off isn't bad, but it's this idea of this compound because we're just exposed to it nonstop. And I think about the people who are obsessed with hand sanitizer, like they're putting it on their hand all the time. They're getting these hits over and over and over. Um, does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, it totally does. So um, can you also, you had mentioned like the a bathtub analogy that I really liked where it's like, you may be able to tolerate like a certain amount, but like what, like based on what your environment is, like, so whatever you can do to reduce the, the load. Oh yeah. So right. If you think about like, let's say that you're in the bathtub and you fill it up and then you get in. So if you fill up your bathtub to all the way and you get in, what's going to happen? It's going to overflow. It's going to overflow somebody's going to be pissed because you got a lot of water on the floor. <laughs> um, but so our body, and then you, we do have a drain, right? So you could open the drain and you could let some of that out. So what's happening is if we're, if we're not keeping up, okay, sorry, I'm getting a little over. No, you're great. <laughs> um, so let's say that it's not plugged like it doesn't have the stopper in it, but let's say that the drain isn't working very well. So at some point you're gonna like turn the water on and let's say the water is you being exposed to toxins. Yeah, at first it's not gonna be a big deal because it is able to drain out. And that's what our body is. It's like a vessel and we do detox. Whatever we're in take, we take in, our body has the ability to eliminate it. Um, through sweating, through your breath, through going to the bathroom. Um, so if you're clogged, it's gonna come, it's gonna go through more slowly and you're gonna get this buildup over time. So you might not notice illness, you might not notice disease, you might not notice allergies until the water is at the top 
of the bathtub and then you get in and now it's flowing over. So what the idea is don't put as many, don't have the water on as high, <laughs> yeah. have the water on a little bit lower. Um, I've had families like whole families who've struggled with asthma and when they switched over all of their products to pure haven products none of them need their inhalers anymore that's incredible um and the biggest thing that changed for them so yeah they could change their shampoo their conditioner la 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 that's great but what is the one thing that you are constantly exposed to air Okay, you are exposed you are constantly touching fabric you're either in your bed on a sheet under a blanket you're in clothes you're drying yourself off with a towel we're constantly touching fabric it didn't really make a huge change for them until they switched their laundry detergent okay they didn't i, I mean i didn't even make the connection that we're constantly in contact laundry I was like oh my gosh you're right I mean who we don't really run around naked yeah and so many of those like would you say for for even laundry detergents like a lot of the products on the market are what do they have in them I would definitely look for fragrance so some people will tell you like I can think of one family particular in Rhode Island who they used all fragrance-free products. But they didn't realize that they had to read the label because even if it said fragrance-free, most often it would say fragrance on the back of the, of the product because these ingredients that they're using, these chemicals, they smell like crap. So they have to do something to balance it out so they don't have a scent, so they're neutral. So they still have to use fragrance ingredients to make it so we don't smell anything oh yeah it's totally crazy chemistry is pretty amazing um but i would on a like a conventional at the store i would look for fragrance i would look for um anything that ends with an eth i would look for anything that was a peg or a propylene glycol i would avoid those and what, um, what is in those that's bad, propylene glycol? So propylene glycol, first of all, it's like diesel. <laughs> it's like, it's petroleum. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they're contaminated with 1,4-dioxane, which is a known carcinogen. And companies do not have to, um, they don't have to say if it's contaminated or not. Hence why Johnson & Johnson, for years, all their baby products had formaldehyde in it. And it's not because they intentionally put formaldehyde in it. It's because in the process of making those products, when you combine certain ingredients, it's going to make nasty things. And oftentimes it makes carcinogens, um, makes formaldehyde, and then the product is contaminated, but there's no regulation. and they don't have to disclose that to the consumer. Okay. And so, sorry. So you said um, the ETH, propylene glycol, 
Um, what else would you avoid? I look for PEG, P-E-G, and then it has a dash and then number. Um, uh, I would look for, those are probably the main ones that I would look for. I would always avoid parabens. Um, those are going to be preservatives. Also, the more water, um, so if you see, if you're looking at a, a bottle of something and the first ingredient is water, um, chances are they're going to have to be using quite a bit of um, preservative. So the more water a product has in it, the more preservation system they have to add to it because the water can lead to it being like growing stuff in it. Uh -huh. um, so I would avoid phenoxyethanol. That's one of, I'm highly allergic to that now, which it's considered one of the safe um, ingredients for preserving, but people can be very, very allergic to it. Um, and the other one, I can't say the whole word, but the nickname for it is M1. Um, those would be things that I would definitely avoid to keep. And that's what's happening with those big, big box stores is they need to make products that can sit on the shelf for who knows how long. Um, so Cetaphil, the, an Ercetaphil, I don't know how you say Yeah, it. I used to use that. Yeah, so that's like dermatologist recommended, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they are very excited to tell you that they have a shelf life of 12 years. 12. That's like a Twinkie. And we all know that we don't eat Twinkies. Yeah. What is making it stay that white and creamy and whipped that long? Gasoline. <laughs> because what kills, like what really kills everything? Have you ever poured gasoline like on the grass? It's like dead quickly. <laughs> Um, and so I didn't, I, honestly, I did not know any of this and a little bit is some of it's even new. So I'm constantly learning. Um, and that's why I ended up leaving teaching and doing this full time is I just got so excited. Um, and there was so much to learn and so much to share, um, that I, I couldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so great. There's so many questions I have. So like, even for, you had started mentioning, like you, you said the fifth one, like the five things you tell people to avoid or that they yeah. can stop doing. Could you share the other four? Yeah. So the first, uh, first five things, the first thing is, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be embarrassing? I can't remember. Oh, um, oh, that's the second one. Oh, the first one is to, avoid thermal paper. So, you know, those receipts that you get, those oh, yeah. are generally printed on thermal paper. And that contains a lot of BPA, bisphenol A. Bisphenol A actually mimics, it's another endocrine disruptor. And bisphenol A actually like the key looks exactly like insulin. Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so big for diabetes patients especially. Yeah. So BPA was eliminated from baby products because it's a plasticizer. Um, so they were, it was used in a lot of plastics. Um, so they got rid of it in like the, the nipple bottle, the nipples for bottles and baby bottles and baby toys. Um, and it was eliminated because not because somebody in the government was like, Hey, mm, sketchy. 
it was because moms demanded a change. So we still have BPA in food, plastics, um, and like I said, these receipts. And thermal paper is becoming more and more of a thing. It's anytime something shoots out a little paper. So that's at the airport kiosk, that's at the movie theater, um, the ATM, definitely at Costco. So I know there are certain times that you can't not touch <laughs> the paper. Um, but I've had it before where I just keep in my purse, I have a little envelope that has said receipts and I've opened it up and said, could you put that in there? And they're like, oh sure. And they fold it up nicely and put it in there for me. Oh, that's um, smart. <laughs> um, but then I can go a little further and say, for sure don't touch the thermal receipts if within like 10 minutes you've used hand sanitizer, you've put sunscreen on or moisturizer or wash your hands. Because those four products, if you're using a commercial, like off the shelf kind of product, they actually in, um, have skin penetration enhancers in them. So now your skin is really susceptible to what you're putting on it. So people who have like used hand sanitizer and then touched a receipt, they have like 300 times the amount of BPA in them for a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. That's and if so you think about that. like, they offer you those Clorox wipes to like wipe off your cart and then you go grocery shopping and you grab the receipt. Ew. <laughs> that's the first thing I tell them to avoid is just stop touching those. And we can start requesting like, well, I'll just take a picture of it. Or I'm sure there are apps out there. I just don't keep a lot of receipts. Yeah. Um, you know, and I go to the airport, I always make sure that I've checked in online so I can just use my phone. And there's a whole thing about phones, but we're not going to get into that. Um, the second thing is sip sans lid. So I know a lot of people still love their daily Starbucks or some sort of hot beverage to go. And I just recommend if you're out and about and you forgot your travel mug, get the cup just without the lid on it. The lid is plastic. There's over like 400 different chemicals used just in food plastics and food. And we don't really know very much about any of them. Um, and when that lid is on there, you're heating it up, which is then kind of just like helping it to slough off some of the nasty chemicals. So not only are you going to like breathe it in, it's going to go into your drink. Um, have you ever had like a mocha or something and you took off the lid and you wanted to get like the bottom sip and you noticed there were like little drips, mm -hmm. like little puddles. Okay. That's because the whole cup is lined with, um, a, a grease resistant, I can't remember, PB, I don't remember the name of the chemical right now. Um, but it's terrible for us. So we want to avoid as much as possible these like the the grease resistant food containers. So I just always have a mug in my car, and if I meet somebody for coffee, except for that one time I was with you, <laughs> we like had it there. So I had like an actual cup. Yeah, an actual cup. Um. Uh, but yeah, to just avoid. So yeah, there's the waste component of the plastics, but then there's this other component of 
what is it even made of and what is it leaching into our food and what are, you know, what are we getting, what are we coming in contact with? So that's thing two. What's thing three? <laughs> oh, to wet dust. So that is one of my biggest tips to people is I, my grandma taught me how to dust and her theory was you dust top to bottom. That way everything, the dust fall, falls on the ground and then you vacuum it up. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um, but nowadays our um, homes are so airtight, like our buildings are so airtight and energy efficiency that we're in these closed loops. So whenever you're dusting, now you're getting a poof of that dust up into the air and it's gonna be recycled through your HVAC system. Um, and our dust contains so many chemicals. It's not just dead skin. Um, if you've ever noticed, you get more dust maybe around electronics. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at our big screen TV thing and our um, speaker. We get a lot of dust around there, and that's because those things, those electronics are full of um, flame retardants, but the flame retardants aren't, um, they're not bound to the sub, they're not bound very well, so they're sloughing off, and that's what's creating the dust. So our dust is full of phthalates and heavy metals, and flame retardants. Um, so I used to think dust was just an allergen issue. Um, our dust is quite toxic. And I don't, when I give the talk, like I'm usually super prepared. So I memorize the like data, but there were some pretty interesting studies done out um, on Cape Cod where they were studying the, the dust of, I think it was like 120 homes. And every single home in their dust, they found DDT. So they were doing this test like in 2010 or something. They found DDT in the dust, which was banned many, many years ago. Wow. And so then people are like, what? Well, a lot of these chemicals, they have a serious half-life. And so, okay. Why do we not eat bottom feeder fish? Um, I don't know. Because <laughs> they eat the, the, the stuff on the bottom, which is gross, oh, right? Yeah. And why is it gross? Well, because the light isn't getting down there. So you could have DDT in the presence of sun or in shade. And the DDT in the sun is going to degrade faster than the DDT in the shade. So we don't eat bottom feeding fish because the sunlight doesn't get down there to break up and like help the stuff degrade. So okay. in our homes, we most likely are not getting a lot of direct sunlight. <laughs> and again, we, with these closed loop systems, we're just kind of repeating, repeating, repeating. And when you wear your shoes and then you bring your shoes inside, it's, it's pretty incredible. And again, like you can get super freaked out or you can think, all right, what's one thing I can actually like, how can I make it a little better? Well, wet dusting, just get a rag, make it wet, dust, dust, rinse it really well, do it again. Um, and then I, I advocate for people to set their timer for 10 minutes, put on two songs that they really, three songs that they really like and dust one room. 
Nice. So, and what, so just so it doesn't go in the air, that's what you recommend the water? Yeah. So you're trapping it. It's not getting back into the air and you're actually getting rid of it. Um, right. Like, so if I'm sweeping and then I sweep the stuff that I can see into the dustpan, well, I'm sure there's like a poof there. Yeah. And then I put it into the, um, trash and I'm sure there was a poof there. And, um, you know, I, I even go as far as to show people how to correctly remove the um, bag from their vacuum cleaner because we don't even think about, okay, now you've taken all this out and how do you get rid of it without contaminating the rest of your air with... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot we just don't think about and there's, it's kind of... In, in my mind, it is the missing piece in a lot of people's health mysteries. Mm. Um, but it's not sexy, so people don't like to address it, really. Or they think I'm just trying to sell them products. Yeah. And so what, um, what's number four? And then I'll ask you, like, testimonials from people. Yeah, number four. Oh, cut out the candles. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling my mom that ever since I've been home. <laughs> so um, I kind of, in my talk, I give like a little brief interlude about indoor air quality, which then that's why I talk about wet dusting um, and then the candles. So candles, air fresheners, the Glade plugins. I don't remember the number, but it's an insane amount of money every year in the U.S. is spent on the fragrance masking industry. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you've seen Kimmy Schmidt. There's a funny little, they, they have Bubbreeze, not Febreze. And there's a funny commercial where these people are blindfolded and they're sitting in like the middle of a ton of trash. And they're like, oh, I bring a baby here. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it just masks. Because again, it's just thousands of nasty chemicals. It's not actually cleaning the air. It's masking. Um, and it's full of endocrine disruptors again that we're inhaling. So I was at the gym and I was about finished with my like own little workout and a personal client came in. Oh my gosh. Like I could smell her when she walked through the door. I don't know if it was, and I haven't figured out yet how to tactfully say something about like, I'm very, very sensitive, and maybe you should cut down on your stink. But that I'm was, really sure. that used to be me. I used to, like, bathe in perfume, and now I can't. Yeah, I don't know how to tactfully be like, so I feel like I'm about to have an asthma attack when you walk in the room. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that, in, and then we do, I do kind of go into, um, well, candles mostly are made out of petroleum. So think bottom of the diesel barrel is being bleached and then maybe adding color. Um, the majority of the wicks in candles in the United States have lead in them or heavy metals. And that's what makes them stand up so straight. So if you've ever burned a candle and you get tons of like black soot because the wick has um, probably lead in it. So it's not good to be burning lead in your house. Um, and then some people will say, oh, I'm, I'm better than that. I use, I only burn incense. 
And then I say, that's nice, but incense has five times the particulate matter of cigarette smoke. So you might as well smoke cigarettes. Um, so the particulate matter, you're congesting your lungs, but then you're also getting whatever chemicals they use to put on that stick into your body. So we know that secondhand smoke, the fine particulate matter, affects people, makes them sick, builds up, you're gonna get cancer. Same thing with incense. And anytime you have combustion. So yes, there are safer candles. So even Pure Haven sells candles. I don't really burn candles because anytime there's combustion, you're gonna have particulate matter, which you just don't wanna be breathing in. And if you're an immunocompromised person, you don't need anything else crappy in your air uh, to be breathing in. And then people wanna ask me about um, diffusing essential oils and usually say like, just know that fancy claims are that, just fancy claims. Um, Again, unless you have 100% transparency and they're willing to show you. Um, and that's what I love about Pure Haven. So I've been to the manufacturing facility. Pure Haven manufactures everything themselves. In Rhode Island, they have a USDA organic certified facility. And um, I've seen, I don't remember the name of the machine, but I've seen the machine where when we get our essential oils, they put them in this machine and they shoot light through it. And every essential oil has its own like rainbow. Um, and that we use the machine to make sure that they're pure, they're 100% pure and they're what they say they are. So spectrometer maybe that's what it's called. I don't know. Um, and I, I feel like I want transparency in all areas of my life. So why wouldn't I want it on what I'm putting on my skin or putting in my home or putting on my dogs or um, I just don't want to take a risk. Thanks so much. And I'm so excited that we were able to have that interview. And I hope that you got some really good takeaways from this on how to start making steps to detox your life. And if you need help or you want to work with Anne, reach out to her at www.nontoxicann.com and I'll provide her email in the show notes. So Thank y'all so much for listening. And until next time, be your healthiest self. Love you guys. Bye.